Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the LGB Podcast. My guest today is Chelsea Booth. So Chelsea is a music industry professional, and in the past, she's been private about her recovery from substance abuse, but more recently has begun to be more open about it, and I'm so thankful she has because, therefore, we were able to have this really meaningful discussion on the podcast. Chelsea has been working with Harmonium for five years and recently started her own group, The Night Chasers, to serve the New York City rave scene and support those who are recently sober or ongoingly sober in the music industry. I thought that this episode would be a great way to follow up last week's episode where we talked to Eileen all about the electronic music scene and some of the habits and lifestyle choices that are very present in the music industry, especially the electronic music industry, like partying, drinking, drugs, and all of that. So I think that in this episode, we're able to go a lot deeper and really discuss substance abuse, how it's present in the music industry, how we can support each other, and how it all plays into this culture that we've created where, truthfully, in the music industry, we have a very casual culture around drinking and drugs, and it's all accepted and almost even encouraged depending on who you're with and and uh, what kind of situation you're in. But how can we be a little bit more considerate for those who have dealt with substance abuse, who are sober, whether they've dealt with substance abuse or not? And with Chelsea, we just discuss how we can understand each other a little bit better, how you can know when you or someone you know needs help, and support systems around you to be able to get that help. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I'm really excited to be having this meaningful discussion on the podcast. I think this is a really important part of mental health and wellness in general, and we need to be talking about this more as well. Many of you might know if you've been following me for a while, but I actually don't drink. And it's not because of substance abuse. It's just because it does not make me feel good (laughs) at all. So I don't. So I stopped drinking. And people question me a lot in the music industry and they don't really get it. (laughs) Even in like work situations. And you'll hear me talk about this a little bit more in the podcast. But this is surprisingly a very important topic to me because I think it's really important for us to just be a little bit understanding and non-judgmental and not make such a freaking big deal about when people don't drink or don't do drugs or whatever it is. Just because somebody's different from you doesn't mean you have to question it and it also doesn't mean that you are subject to all of the details. I'm really thankful for Chelsea for sharing her story, but you know, some people might not be comfortable with that and I think I just want to before we hop into the episode mention that, you know, while I'm opening up the conversation here, I really encourage everyone to be respectful and be understanding of other people who do or do not want to talk about the fact that they do or do not drink or do drugs. (laughs) Was that clear? I hope so. All right. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. Be sure to tag me and Chelsea on Instagram with your biggest takeaways. And let's jump right in. Hi, Chelsea, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So happy to have you here today. We're going to talk all about addiction and wellness in the music industry, but let's just start by having you introduce yourself to the audience. Hi guys, my name is Chelsea. Um, I'm from New York City and I'm happy to be here. So Chelsea, can you tell us a little bit about what you do in the music industry space? So right now I'm between gigs, but I've worked um, with Relics Magazine doing editorial. I was at Glass Note for a little bit. I do a lot of shows. I did all like almost all the summer stage shows last summer. Um, and I also have a, a group that goes to festivals to provide a sober support um, sanctuary for people that are clean, sober, and recovery. And I also started my own group um, called the Night Chasers for the New York City nightlife rave scene. Um, and we go into events 
the Braves clubs and kind of support people there that are in recovery as well. So what got you into working in the recovery space? So I got sober clean when I was 19, which is pretty young. And um, I was really angry and like really pissed because like I thought my life was over. And I was in one of my treatment center things and this guy came to speak and I was wearing a dead shirt and he was wearing a dead shirt. So we were talking about music and he was, he caught by the exchange numbers. And then two weeks later he called me and he was like, Hey, I'm doing this thing at GovBall where it's, where it's the first time we're going to be there. We're providing recovery for the festival. Would you want to be a part of it? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it since then. I've been really involved in like the music recovery scene and uh, a lot of like a lot of jam groups have like the recovery groups that follow the jam bands. Um, and recently this year, I'm very into nightlife and the rave scene. It's been a big part of my life in recovery, out of recovery. And I wanted to start something for the local scene here in New York City. And I just did it. You started your work with Harmonium, right? That's correct. And then you went on to start your own company called the Night Chasers. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. The Night Chasers are started in October and um, our, our first, we did like a event, event with uh, DanceSafe, which is a company that goes to, it's a nonprofit and they go to a lot of raves and they uh, test people's drugs. So it's more of like a, to make sure they're clean and or pure. And if there's rat poison, they're like, do you still want it? And it's more like a harm reduction thing. So we kind of were testing the waters with that. And then our first real event was um, Bang On's Halloween event. And it was like this huge warehouse, 5,000 people, maybe more. I didn't know how it was going to go, but it went amazing. Um, and basically, we were there. There were a bunch of people there in recovery, and they kept coming up to the tent. They were so happy to see us. And there was someone there that was working there, and they also were really struggling, and they wanted to go to treatment. And it was just like one of these surreal moments where I was like of service at uh, a venue that like most people when they think of raves they don't think of recovery <laughs> they think of like the opposite um and I was able to help get this guy into treatment at like three in the morning um and so I was like wow there's something here and so we've been going to a lot of events in the city and we have a group of us that are all really in the scene on uh, the dance scene and we go to these raves or events and we meet other people that are clean sober in the scene which Surprisingly, there's a lot of us. People don't think of it like that, but yeah. it really is. So we've started since October, and I think we've been to like 15 events, maybe more. We did Infected Mushroom. We did Bang On's uh, New Year's. We're, we did, um, we're doing two events this weekend, um, and we've done, uh, we were at Diesel Boy, and, you know, we just go to as many events as we can. So I want to talk a little bit more about the choice to actually stay sober in the music industry, whether it's because um, you're in recovery or just simple personal preference. Like you said, I think there's a lot of people who are sober. And while, you know, the default for the music industry might be like, it's a party scene. And that means that everyone like does a bunch of drugs and drinks all the time. That's like not actually necessarily true. No. Um, I personally don't drink. And while it, that's just a personal choice, I know how difficult it can be to deal with that in the industry. So I was, I'm wondering if you could shed some light on the struggles sober people face in the, in this, you know, industry culture that we've created. And maybe we can start by just going back to your own personal story with recovery and why you wanted to get into the space in the first place. Yeah. So, um, I got sober again when I was 19 and it, it wasn't really, a, people say like they chose to, you know, be in recovery. 
I didn't really have a choice. I mean, I did, but it was like either get sober or die kind of. Um, and so I was like, okay, I guess I'll try this out, whatever. And I was really not happy about it, but I knew I had to go back to school. And I think I went back when I had about a year. Finally, it took me like a year and a half to get a year or two years and a half to get a year clean. Um, and I hate school, but I knew I needed to get a degree. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just go study something I like, which was music. And Baruch has a music industry program. So I went there and, um, I just really fell in love with the industry and all my friends are in the industry. And, um, it's funny because people think the industry is full of like drugs and alcohol and like in a way it is, but also in a way it isn't because I feel like everyone works so hard all the time in the industry. And it's like, people are like, yeah, well you're having like my, my work is always fun, but my fun is always work. You're always working. And so, you know, it's almost like an asset because I'm always sharp. I'm always on my, on my game. Um, And some people that are, you know, are my age and don't want to take it as seriously, you know, don't have that asset, but it definitely can be challenging. Um, there have been times where I've been in environments and, you know, I haven't really been open about my recovery for that long where people would, you know, want me to drink with them or pressure me to do drugs with them. And I would just be like, no, I'm good. You know, I don't, whatever. Um, but there is like a huge amount of people in recovery that are in the music scene. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a lot, lot of support, like wherever, I go almost, I always know someone that's in recovery. Like it's so funny because everyone's so like amnity is a big thing in recovery and it's just starting to become like less of a big thing and people are starting to become more open with it. But, um, it's, it's still kind of like a thing that's cupped on the DL a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so, um, you don't really like know that many people that are in recovery unless they kind of tell you. But from my experience, I know tons of like, especially like older like top tier people that are in recovery that you know manage to balance the the job recovery family life whatever um but it definitely can be a challenge at sometimes just because you know also just keeping up with like staying up sometimes that could be a challenge because you know we don't have anything to keep us up <laughs> like staying home. awake you mean during like yeah sometimes yeah. <laughs> you know? especially the working festivals where everyone um is awake i mean i i consider myself someone that has a lot of energy and i go out a lot and I go out to six in the morning all the time but to do that multiple days in a row sometimes can be challenging yeah um, especially when you're competing against people that have substances to keep them up but besides that like I've found that it's I like I I I wake up for my shift on time you know I'm there early I'm clean like looking I showered like so there is an advantage I believe to being in recovery or not using drugs or drinking but um I don't know. I, I just think it's it's probably the music industry is like less of that like stereotype that people talk about um, than it used to be, I guess. Yeah. So do you think that by creating these safe spaces for people in recovery, it's began to kind of shift the way we we look at things in the music industry in general? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to have a space for people in recovery at these events because you know, I know, I remember when I first was getting sober, people would be like, oh no, you can't go to a concert or, oh no, you can't, can't go to that festival. And people, had, people would tell you that yeah. you can't go. Absolutely. Why? It's, it's, the, it's like the people's places and things thing. Like you're going to get triggered or whatever, whatnot. And, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So and it's like true, people but, who were assisting you in your recovery journey yeah. were saying that would not be healthy for you to go because you'd be triggered. Yeah. And gotcha, you know, gotcha. like, it can be triggering sometimes, but I call it bullshit on that. Um, 
all the time, you know, and we have, I, I remember my second or third year doing harmonium at GovBowl, we had someone come to the tent who had three days sober. Her sponsor told her not to go. She didn't want to lose money on the ticket. She came, she was shaking, crying. She was so like Aww. unable, but then like she hung out with us all weekend. It was fine. And then next year she came and volunteered with us. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And you know, it's important because especially now a lot of people are getting young because, you know, obviously the heroin issue is, you know, it's everywhere. You can't avoid it. And um, it brings people in a lot younger. And um, it's in, like, it, I think it's vital for especially young people in recovery to have like a full life and be able to be 21 and be able to yeah. like party and go to festivals. And um, to have an open space like that out in the open isn't only helpful for people that are in recovery, but also for people that aren't in recovery, just to see that, you know, most of the people we interact with are people that aren't in recovery that are like, wow, I love what you're doing. My sister is struggling with addiction or wow, um, I'm not an addict, but this is really important. Yeah. Um, sometimes we have people that say, I think I have a drug problem. And, you know, we never try to be like, well, you do. That's not what we do. But we talk to them and you never know. Yeah. I love that, that you are just there to support people. And um, I think there's definitely a trend now in the music industry that more and more people are opening up to the idea of just general wellness and like not necessarily having to party every single night and like be wasted all the time and just like, you know, being more conscious about taking care of themselves, both in terms of mental health and hopefully physical health health as well. So how do you, how do you think we can do better in talking about this and just normalizing, like not having to go out and, you know, like you said, the girl who was three days sober and she didn't want to miss out on gov ball. Cause why should she like, yeah. she, she so loves music. She should, should be, she should be able to go to this and feel comfortable going to this without having to worry about like, if I do this, then my sobriety goes to shit. <laughs> um, so like, how can we do better about normalizing, not having to drink or, you know, do drugs and, and all that in the industry when I feel like to a lot of people, that's kind of like a staple. Like you go to a show, you drink. That's a hard question. I mean, I, I think it always will be a staple. I mean, there are people that say, you know, well, drugs and drinking have nothing to do with that. And I think that's naive. I think a lot of scenes, drugs and alcohol are part of the scene, um, but it doesn't have to be part of your scene. So I think space, like having spaces like we have and just acknowledging that there are people here that are clean and sober, you know, it's like, I've been to shows where people look around, they're like, everyone here is so fucked up. And then they look at me and I'm not, you know, it's just like a perception. I think the more people that are more outward about being in recovery, being sober, kind of diffuses that idea. I mean, I think it is really helpful artists that are out about being in recovery and talk about being in recovery. I think that is very helpful and brings a lot of awareness. But in terms of like uh, shows and festivals, like being less reliant, not reliant, but like less having less of a connotation of being about drugs and alcohol. I don't know if that's something that will ever change because, yeah, you know, like people like to drink and do drugs. And I wish I was that person. Like I love drugs. I love alcohol. I just can't do them safely. And there are tons of people that can. Yeah. So I don't know if that will change. So on that note, then, like you said, I think for people who aren't sober or who just can enjoy alcohol and do enjoy alcohol or drugs in their, you know, their own way, in a recreational way, and they're able to do it in a way that feels good to them, they, a lot of people probably don't understand what it's like to be sober, let alone what it's like to be sober in the music industry. Yeah. So what would you say to people who are not sober? And, and I ask this because I know, again, like 
I'm not even in recovery, but I will often be out or honestly, even sometimes at like at work, literally at work <laughs> in the music industry. I've had like bosses or coworkers and stuff be like, do you want to drink? And I'm like, no, thank you. I don't drink. <laughs> and every time I say that, it's like, what do you mean you don't drink? Yeah, like, what? Why? How is this possible? <laughs> um, and for me, I'm always just like, first of all, kind of mind your own business, but I don't mind telling people why it's a personal choice for health reasons. Like whatever, I, I'll go into it if you do ask me, but I also do think there's a part of it where I'm always wishing like people would be more understanding or at least be a little bit more cognizant of like, yes, it's true. People don't drink. Like, let's not act like this is breaking news or something very terrible. So how can people who aren't sober and maybe don't understand it be more compassionate towards people who are and try to be a little bit more understanding of what it's like? I mean, just if someone says, you know, like, do you want to drink? They say no, like, just drop it. I mean, I think I, it's always like when I first hang out with people, they're always like, what, why? And then some people like, I always think sometimes it's going to be such a big deal. And some people like, don't even think about it. Like I'm so obsessed with drinking drugs. I think everyone else is, uh, and so, yeah. you know, if I see a normal person, I'm out with a normal person that's choosing not to drink or do drugs. I'm like, why? You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I do think like some people just like, they just don't understand and they won't understand. And the fact that like you could go somewhere without drinking or doing drugs is like such an issue to them. And usually it's that person that I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's something else going on. Like, cause I think that way maybe. Um, but I think just like, I think it has gotten better though, because I've been in places where I, you know, in professional environments where I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, thank you. And they just drop it. And then, okay. It just depends on like, not the HR situation, but how, professional I guess it, like professionalism is a weird thing in the music industry it's so weird <laughs> like there are no like actual like professional standards kind yeah. of yeah um and I think a lot of people I mean obviously I can't speak for everyone's work situation and a lot of people in the music industry are more freelance or doing you know yeah. the odd jobs here and there but I have experience working in basically all different places or types of jobs in the music industry and when I was working full-time it was like a very very casual work culture and we did drink occasionally yeah. in the office especially if there was something to celebrate or at the very least like after work if we all went out together that was a normal thing to go out and have a drink yeah um, so it, it, I think it's a little bit different in the music industry than it might be in normal oh, um, or I shouldn't say normal like other <laughs> <laughs> normal has nothing to do with it but other um industries because we are comfortable with drinking and we are comfortable with doing drugs but then it also does lead to more conversation around it especially if you do deny that yeah I mean it's definitely a double-edged sword because for me I've always I mean I've started being open about my recovery like maybe a few months ago but I always would just be like no I don't drink or do drugs and it would always be like this double-edged sword as if like if I told them I was in recovery then there would be more questions and I feel like mm. they would be differently and like they would, there'd be all these like questions and they'd not, maybe not want to ask because they'd be polite or then ask and I would have to explain myself or I say, I don't drink or don't do drugs. And then there'd be all these questions and I'd have to answer. And I would usually just say like, I don't drink, do drugs. And you know, they were just like, let it go after a bit. Um, and I just think like, like if someone says they don't drink or do drugs, like there doesn't have to be questions. Like it's, you're not obligated to know why someone is choosing not to drink or do drugs. Like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Do you find that um, 
being sober and having a community of other people who are sober around you makes it easier to be open about it. And in general, do you find that being open about your sobriety has made a difference in how people are able to kind of like deal with this and talk about this? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I definitely think, you know, like, cause you never know also who needs to hear that message. Like, yeah, I always think like, you know, well, my friends that are sober know I'm sober and like some of my close friends know I'm sober and like, that's it. But you never know like who in your life is actually struggling with drugs or alcohol and needs to hear the message I'm bringing. But it definitely does help to be surrounded by sober people. Um, when you go to these events, just because you're on the same level, like you can have, you're, you're speaking the same language, you know? I mean, I go to a lot of events. I go to a lot of shows, sometimes with sober people, sometimes with very not sober people. Right. I'm at a place in my recovery where I'm okay, like both times. But for someone that is just getting started in recovery, it can be really challenging. It's, trigger it's a triggering environment sometimes. And so to be around people that are clean or sober, it's like almost like having like a, a buddy that's just holding you accountable and just like, I don't know, you feel less alone. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I you mentioned being accountable. I think that's a big part of it, but more than anything, it's knowing that you're not isolated, knowing that you're not alone when you can feel very alone. If you're in a big concert hall with a bunch of people who have drinks in their hands or, you know, in a situation where you might feel a little uncomfortable, I think it's amazing that uh, both of the organizations you're working with are able to provide some solace for, for people who need it. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for opening up about your story, because like you said, a lot of times you don't know who needs to hear this and who it might, you know, make an impact on. So I firmly believe, you know, with all of these topics around mental health, that it's important that we keep talking about it because the more we talk about it, the more normal it will be and the less we'll feel alone. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like when I, I, I don't know if I would have stayed clean sober if it wasn't, if I hadn't started working with Harmonium doing the tabling at festivals because for me music was always my life and you know I thought like it was over I could never go to a festival I could never go to a rave again um and you know that showed me like that's absolutely not true if anything I go to more festivals rave shows than I've ever had in my past I mean sometimes I'll party till six in the morning three or four nights in a row and that was not something I was able to do when I was on drugs one I didn't have the money two I would just like not be able to do it because I was just so high all the time yeah um, and so I think it's important to share people like you know, like music and partying is a big part of my life and it doesn't have to be a compromise, you know? Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit more about your work with Harmonium and the Night Chasers. You've mentioned a few times, you know, you're able to help people feel good and, you know, stay sober because you have this community. So what's your favorite part about working with both of these organizations? <laughs> um, so in the beginning, it used to be like going to the shows. Like I was always excited to go to the festivals. You know, we got like comp passes and I was like, stoked for that and as I've done more service with them I don't even care about the music at this point one because I've just seen so many artists but two I just love the environment and helping people and like you know when I help people it helps me and it's kind of sounds really cliche and dumb but it's really true and so I, I, I genuinely look forward to being at the festival having someone stumble across our table that maybe has less than a year maybe a few days sober like not comfortable and just like helping them do that and then you know seeing them come back yet like next year that's like my favorite thing so being able to help and like pass the message is like I'm my primary purpose there is service of others and that can look multiple different ways it could be helping people in recovery it a lot of the times it's helping people not in recovery I can't tell you how many times I've been at a festival and there's a girl who's like 15 who lost her friend lost her phone is drunk out of her mind 
and I just help her find her friends. Yeah. You know? Stuff like that happens. Like I, over last summer, there was someone that ha- was like that. And she started talking to me about like saying like when she, I think she was like 16 or something. She was really young. She had lost her friends, lost her phone. She was really drunk. I helped her call her friends through my phone. And she started talking to me about like how when she drinks, she can't stop, whatever or not. And I was like, hey, listen, like if you are not on talk, like um, here's my number. And about a few months later, I got a random text from her. I didn't have her name, so I didn't know who it was. But she was like, just want to like thank you for what you did for me over at Govball. Like I'm going to treatment right now. And I was like, what? You know, like, so you never know. Like a lot of the interactions we have, people don't remember. But, you know, we're always helping out. Even if it's that a lot of times, like, also, like, since we know what we're looking at, a lot of people, especially younger kids, if their friend is really sick and they don't know what they're looking at, they're like, oh, they'll be fine. Just give them water. Like, we kind of know, like, oh, that person is definitely not fine. Like, they need yeah. to be medical. And I can't tell you how many times, like, I've seen a boyfriend, like, just throw his girlfriend over his shoulders and be like, oh, she'll be fine. And I'm like, no, like, she actually needs to go to medical, like, now, yeah. like, not normal. So it's just being of service in any way you can. Like, that's, like, my favorite part of being at festivals. And it's weird going to – I went to my first festival not working. I went to Afropunk this summer, and it was just so strange, like, being there not of service because I was, like, I didn't know what to do. I was, like, I guess I should enjoy the music, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it so strange. It's, You're like, you know, I need to help someone. <laughs> yeah, I do, I, you know? So – and I work a lot of shows, like, not with Harmonium, too, so it was just strange. But um, – yeah, I think it's like, it's tied for me. Like, you know, it's, I can't separate the two. Like for me now, music has become a thing of service. Yeah. That's incredible. So since you mentioned it, what are some signs that people can look out for if they are with someone who is not doing okay and does need to seek medical attention, whether at a festival or a concert or even just, you know, out partying in general on the weekend? I mean, it's definitely a case by case thing, but um, a big thing is like, I always look at, I see first of all, like if there's how hot they are, what color their face is, if their heart rate is really fast, that's like something that like usually means, you know, they're in trouble, especially if their like temperature is like really high or really low in their faces. And also just like if the ability to keep their head up, that's another thing. Mm. A lot of times like people will, even if they don't need to go to medical, like I'm always trying to explain to people, it's like, if your friend is this sick now and they just took the drugs they took, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. And you don't want to wait because when the festival's over, it is going to be impossible to get them out. So even if you take them to medical and they don't need to go to medical, but they just get fluids and electrolytes, like your friend will be better and you will be able to walk out of here instead of have to take, you know, a medical, uh, truck out of here you know and that, that's like the worst thing ever um yeah and, you know working at shows I've also had to call medical a lot of times on people and it's never a fun thing to do but like it's like if your friend can't walk and they can't keep their head open if their mouth is hanging open like that's just not a good sign especially if it's hot out like yeah and you know so like you never know what you I remember I've taken so many drugs I had no idea what I was putting in my you know system and it's like people really are so confident that they're you know, dealer would give them pure MDMA or whatever they want to take. It's like, maybe your dealer thinks it is pure, but did they test it? Like it's coming from, yeah. you know, it's coming from China. It's just coming, like it could be any research chemical, you know? So, and yeah, so research true. chemicals aren't studied. They really don't know much about them and they're constantly changing. They can't study the effects or what dangers or long-term causes. Like you really have to be cognizant of what you're taking. 
Absolutely. And thank you for sharing those signs that people can look out for. Cause I think if you are with someone and you're just not sure, you know, what a negative reaction might look like, or if they need to seek medical attention, of course, it's always better safe than sorry. But if you, if you notice someone is really hot or they're, heart is racing or any of the things that Chelsea just mentioned, make sure that you do get the, them the attention that they need so that yeah. you guys can be safe and, and like you said, get out of the festival safely and easily yeah, without having to drag someone out. Yeah. So Same. where can we catch Harmonium at music festivals this year? Um, we'll be at Gaval, Bonnaroo, I think Forecastle. Well, all of the Insomniac shows have the Insomniac Consciousness Group, but um, you can go to our website and look at the list of events we'll be at. Awesome. And now with the Night Chasers, how often are you guys doing events? And is that just in New York City specifically, or is it all over? Um, it's in New York City specifically. My dream for the Night Chasers is that it'll, be, it'll model like the Wharf Rats or the Fellowship, um, and it will have chapters in different cities. But for now, it's just in New York City. And I try to do as many events I can, like two a weekend. Um, I haven't done an event in like three weeks, but we have two for this weekend, and I'm aiming to get as many as I can in the future. It can just be like I'm doing it not by myself, I have a team, but a lot of the reaching out I do myself. So it can just be hard to get things in time and set up in time. But we do aim for at least one event every weekend. That's awesome. Are you looking for volunteers in case anyone yeah, <laughs> like, wants to volunteer? Always looking for volunteers. And um, you don't have to be in recovery. Clean. I mean, we do prefer volunteers that are clean, sober, in recovery. But if we call it square straight edge, there's probably a better word. People that don't drink or do drugs, you know, are yeah. always welcome to volunteer as well. Um, because we're pretty open about, um, flexible about, you know, people's whatever. Um, but yeah, we're always looking for volunteers because um, we have a team, but we can't all volunteer at every single event. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for being open about your story and what you do. I know you're helping a ton of people in the music industry, and I think a lot of people who hear this will be uh, just more knowledgeable now about what to look out for, how to you know, interact and keep an open mind about people who are sober in the music industry if they are not sober, and also where they can catch these amazing programs with Harmonium and the Night Chasers um, to be safe <laughs> and to have a place to go if you are looking for a community of sober people in the music industry. So before I let you go, I do want to ask for anyone who may be struggling with alcohol or drug addiction and is not sure what they should do, what advice would you give to them? I would go to AA or NA meeting. Um, I love the school of thought that AA or NA doesn't have to be for everyone, but I think it's a good place to start just to, you know, kind of meet other people in recovery, see what it's about. Um, you know, I'm, I definitely like, it's a rough thing because it's like one of those things that no one can diagnose you with except yourself. And a lot of people, by the time they're ready to diagnose themselves, they've already gotten real in like a lot of trouble and already, you know, really far down that uh, scale we call but um, definitely go to a meeting. They have helplines. Uh, reach out to anyone you know in recovery. Um, it's it's like one of those rough things. It's like it's I think about it all the time because there's so many people that struggle to stay clean and like the statistics are not really on addicts or alcoholic side, which is like the sad part. And so I always am like, well, why was you know why did I get clean or sober? I don't really know. I guess I'm lucky. I don't I didn't work harder than anyone else or do anything else special. Um, yeah. But I would just say, you know, reach out to people you know, go to meetings if you can. And if you need rehab, try and get in rehab, you know. Amazing. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Yeah, cool. And where can we connect with you? Um, you can follow, we're building a website for the Night Chasers, but you could follow Harmonium 
uh, their website, uh, Facebook page, Night Chasers has an email list, um, and you can reach out to me at the Night Chasers NYC, no, Night Chasers NYC uh, at gmail.com or our Facebook group, The Night Chasers. Perfect. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the Out to Be podcast. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.